I invite you to join me in On Fire with Linda Fields. It's a movement designed to calibrate, validate, and activate men and women like you who love God, putting your God-inspired passions and plans into action to carry out your callings in all seven spheres of influence. That's business and economy, government, education, family, arts, media, and church. On Fire with Linda Fills exists to help you complete your God-given assignments with a community of kingdom connections. Whether it's increasing your current sphere of influence or changing paths to walk into your purpose, if you want to set the world ablaze through Christ's power, join the movement at www.onfire.global. I am so excited today to have my good friend, Donna Skell, on the podcast. Welcome, Donna. Thank you, Linda. It's great to be with you. Well, I have loved getting to know you, and I know my listeners are going to be so anxious to know you as well. And you're one of the first people I've interviewed in the Dallas-Fort Worth area after our relocation, and you have been so gracious and such a dear friend, and I've heard you're the super connector, right? That's what I have heard you call is the super connector. But let's go back a bit and get into your story from a few years back. And then we're going to land on what you're doing currently today so that our readers can come along on the journey. Does that sound okay to you? Sounds great, Linda. So let's just kick off by, uh, let me ask you to tell us the highlights of your professional career? What did you do? What did you accomplish? What happened in the budding career of Donna Scale? You know, looking back on it, you can see how God's hand is at work. When I lived through it, I had no idea how it was going to end up. But when I was in college, I got a part-time job working in a health club just to pay for books and, and things like that. And Little did I know that that would last for 25 years. I loved it. I was hired at the ground floor level, and my job was just to encourage people, women especially, when they came into the health club, just visit with them as they exercise, make the time pass quicker, and just uh, encourage them. And I loved doing that. I found that, um, that I could be used just to bring hope and encouragement and put a smile on people's face. And that blessed me a great deal. Uh, as we progressed, I moved into sales and management. And uh, then uh, a gentleman got transferred to the club where I was working and they had a no fraternization policy. In other words, you weren't supposed to date other employees. He was the manager and I was his assistant manager. So uh, we did uh, find each other attractive and work well together. We made a great team, both in the club and out of the club. And um, I later married him. And uh, at that time, we were recruited by a company out of Nashville, Tennessee. So I was working in Connecticut. I grew up in New England. Grew up in a wonderful Jewish home, two sets of Orthodox Jewish grandparents. And all of a sudden being transferred to Nashville, Tennessee was such a culture shock. I can imagine. What was so different, Donna? 
Well, mostly I was impressed with the fact that everybody was always talking about their faith. Where I grew up, people didn't talk about their faith out loud. It was more of a private type thing. But mm -hmm. in Nashville, Tennessee, everybody was talking about their faith. <laughs> and um, singing about it too, right? Yes. In fact, everybody asked me if I was saved. And I thought, saved from what? I didn't even understand the lingo that they were talking. Wow. But at that time, uh, I had the opportunity to move into sales management. And uh, the company trained me as a corporate sales manager. So uh, vice president of the company said, you take any sales course you want. And so I loaded up. I went to every sales course I could find. And, and I'm so glad I did. I learned a lot, not just about sales, but about people, about psychology, a little bit about the art of presenting and persuading and all of that kind of good stuff. Um, and I loved where I grew up. I became manager of a club because I wanted to uh, settle down in one place and not travel as much. So describe what the club was like. This was a women's health well, it was alternate days. Three days a week was for men. Three days a week, it was for women. It was in Green Hills in okay. Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. And it was beautiful. I mean, it had bright purple carpeting and chandeliers everywhere <laughs> and lots of chrome, lots of mirrors, lots of people. Yeah. <clears throat> and again, my job was just to encourage people to take care of themselves, encourage them to care enough to exercise and you know keep at the proper weight but when I was managing this club Linda yeah God really blessed me because I experienced tremendous success there was a time in my life that I was making more money than I ever thought I would I I this company was very much like I, I say Mary Kay company where once a month they have a meeting and they give away big prizes uh, right. to the number one people, you know, cars and fur coats and trips. And God just used that. I mean, for six months in a row, not anything I did, but God allowed me to come in number one. That's awesome. Congratulations. How did that feel, Donna? Well, um, you know, it's like I knew my peers envied me. But what they didn't know is that I would go home at night and I would feel so empty. Really? I kept thinking, is this all there is? Every day you get up, you run the rat race, you go to work, you do as well as you can and come home, go to bed and do it all again the next day. I just, I just felt there had to be more to life than that. So I started really asking some thought-provoking questions of myself, like what was life really all about? And I just knew there had to be more. So I decided I was going to quit uh, the second best job I ever had, right. this being the first best job. But I was going <laughs> to quit the job and go find myself, you know, go search for a meaning in life. Okay. So I went into the vice president of the company and uh, he knew my background and he knew what I was struggling with. And the first thing he asked me is, Donna, do you know your purpose in life? 
And I was smart enough to know that my purpose wasn't to be number one. My purpose wasn't to accumulate material wealth or money or anything like that. I knew there had to be more to life than that. So um, I felt like he was reading my mind, that he asked me the question, the one question I was struggling with. So he uh, opened up his Bible and he said here in the Bible, it says, for his pleasure were we created. He didn't name uh, book and, and chapter, but I found it in Revelations 4.11. For his pleasure were we created. And then he began to explain to me that I was created to bring God pleasure. I was created to fellowship with God. God um, created me. He knew my, my insides. He knew me better than I knew myself. And he created me to have this relationship with him. Now, growing up Jewish, I knew a lot about God. I knew he was a good God, big God, a holy God. But I didn't know anything about this personal relationship that Cecil Kemp was talking about. So uh, he took me to another scripture where it says, it's in Jeremiah, that God gave us a heart to know him. So I began to see that he created me to know him. And there was a way, a path that I really could get to know God and fellowship with him. And he took me to another scripture, which I know is an Acts that says that God puts us all in a certain place at a certain time. So we will seek him and find him. And then he asked me, do you think that this is the time and place. So by that time, I was seeing that it was, that this was a time and a place where I could talk about spiritual things with someone uh, that I felt would give me truth and would ease the, the hole in my heart, the vacancy in my heart. So uh, the next thing he asked me, Linda, this is so funny when I think about it. He said, Donna, are you a sinner? And I thought for a minute and I said, no, sir, I'm not. I love it. <laughs> I didn't have a concept of sin. You know, wow. I, I knew I didn't murder anyone. I didn't rob any banks. I, I did not have any concept of everyday sin. And he said to me, did you ever look at someone and wish you looked like them? Or I looked at the car they drove or the house they lived in or the family that they had? and wish that you had it. And so I realized that that was a true statement. And he said, well, that's called coveting. And in the Bible, it says, thou shall not covet. So he said, that's one of the 10 commandments. Do you think if you broke a 10 commandment, one of the 10 commandments, that that would be a sin? So I realized that I was a sinner. So I finally answered the question correctly. And, you know, he explained to me, he said, God's a holy God, and he can't be in the presence of sin. And your sin separates you from God. But God wants to have this personal relationship with you. So how can he do that if you're separated by your sin? Mm -hmm. So he explained to me 
that God made a provision for that. And his name is Jesus Christ, that he sent Jesus, his son, to die on the cross for mm -hmm. my sin, to wash it away, to make me white as snow, as if I've never sinned at all, so that I could come into a right relationship with God the Father. And, you know, if he had started with Jesus because of my background, I probably wouldn't have listened. But, you know, I think back and with the sales background that I have, I just see how the Holy Spirit told him exactly how to witness to me, mm -hmm. you know, to, to find my point of need, which was purpose. I needed purpose in my life. Right. Greater than coming in number one and winning contests. Mm -hmm. Found my point of need and that's where he started. And he led up to the fact that Jesus was the solution. That is so amazing, Donna. How long was that conversation, would you say, from beginning to end that you just described to us? I think it was about two hours. And it was during the work day, yeah. during work hours. Right. He was vice president of the company. And yep. I was in his office. And he gave me two hours of time That's that amazing. made a not only a lifetime of difference, but changed my eternal destination. You know, that is fabulous on many levels. The fact that this change came about in your beautiful life. I've only known you a short time, but I've been so amazed at all the ways I see God using you. And to hear the backstory and how you grew up in your uh, success track of sales and how you were proving yourself uh, over and over. And yet at night, that wasn't enough. And then with the Lord providing you uh, as someone to usher you into the kingdom in this beautiful way is a great uh, picture. You know, yesterday, Rick and I had a salesman drop by our house for a, a new alarm system that we ended up buying. And as they visited before the evening was over, they'd become great buddies. Rick's everyone's new best friend, you know, when he shows up. <laughs> And so before he left, Rick prayed over him and the young man was so excited. He said, do you know, I have come into thousands of homes to sell alarm systems. It was extremely likable and credible. And he said, but no one has ever prayed for me before. And I just feel like our conversation today, Donna, is going to show men and women in the workplace of all types, coffee baristas, CEOs those in government, those that are teachers, any of the seven mountains, that they have divine opportunities all day long. And God will show them how to take advantage of them in a way that honors that person and honors what the Lord is up to. So I love your real life living color story. Thank you for sharing that with us today. I want to shift gears a moment to how, what you're doing now and how the things you've experienced may have, have uh, paved this path for what you're doing. I know that you are the, the CEO of Roaring Lambs today, and yes. that that organization has quite a rich history. Would you give us the high points of what Roaring Lambs is and what you do? And then I have a couple of follow-up questions I hope to ask you after that. Yes. Uh, so Roaring Lambs started 42 years ago okay. as a Bible study that was started that met in a country club and served breakfast to see if we could reach people that weren't going to church yet. And so 
the teacher back then decided to start on page one of Genesis and just go through the Bible chronologically, page by page. We're now in our fifth trip through the Bible and we're in Ruth. And now my husband, Anton, is the teacher and he does such a great job. Uh, now, wait just list. a minute. We're, let me yeah. ask you, Anton, is this that boss you were, you met along the way? He is. Well, and just to fill in the little gap, that yeah. day in Mr. Kemp's office, I did pray to receive Jesus. Yeah. And then we moved to Dallas, Texas. And that gentleman who led me to the Lord became our financial backer and asked us to start our own clubs here in Dallas. So we were okay. able to start Cosmopolitan Lady Fitness Clubs just for women. And oh, we wow. built nine of them. Uh, and they were doing really, really well. I mean, we were doing like $10 million a year in annual sales. And mm -hmm. out of nowhere, God just took that company away from us. It, there were a lot of different details that fell into place, but. One day we found ourselves after having developed this whole company that somebody else owned it. And so wow. I know that he took us out of that to put us in ministry. I didn't know it then. It was very painful. But um, I know now that he freed us of that company. Sometimes when bad things happen, we can't even imagine how God can use it for good. But he can and he does. And um, so Roaring Lambs is all about helping Christians become a roaring lamb. And a roaring lamb is a Christian who's unashamed of the gospel and wants others to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So we are all about equipping the saints to share the gospel, to share their personal testimony, to find ways that they are comfortable with sharing Christ with others. Totally. I know you have so many different outreaches. Tell us a little bit about your Hall of Fame. Rick and I thoroughly enjoyed that this year when you honored Miss um, Hunt, right? As June well Hunt as Mike Lindell. Yes, that was quite an evening. So tell me why you do that and how you make those selections. Yeah, for the last 22 years, <clears throat> one evening in the fall, we gather together with usually about 500 to 1,000 people that come and join us. And we honor two people that epitomize a roaring lamb, two people that are bold in their faith. And we use that evening to encourage all of the attendees that they too can be bold in their faith. Mm -hmm. And you know, Linda, you and I've been talking and we both believe that time is short. Uh, when we turn on the TV, when we hear what's currently happening in the world when we see how fast the world has spiraled, how fast the moral decay has happened in our country. It's just a sign that Jesus is returning soon. And so we've got to make the most of every moment. The Hall of Fame sparks people, you know, it's like lights a little fire under them that they too can make a difference. One of the things we do at Roaring Lambs, too, is we teach people how to share their own stories of faith, mm -hmm. you know, how they came to Christ and and how they have seen him at work in their life and just how he makes a difference for them. And then with their testimony, we do similar to you. We 
have a radio show, we have a TV show, and we have a series of books called Stories of Roaring Faith, and we capture their story either in writing or verbally to share with the world. So we're all about helping Christians become a roaring lamb and then give them opportunities to boldly share their faith. So Donna, let me ask you this. As I'm listening to you describe what I've observed uh, firsthand that you do, when you picture the believer who is a bit discouraged right now, perhaps even despondent because of disappointments, things that have changed over the last two years, uh, damage they've had just uh, in their lives economically or relationally, or even perhaps they've lost some a loved one or a friend uh, in death. And it, it's been my concern that the Lord's laid on my heart that people are weary and that they need that shot in the arm. You know, they need that life support to actually pick up the plans and dreams God's given them and live for God's pleasure, live again, that it's not all over, you know, that this is our finest hour. And I would love for you to just speak to those listening who are in that place, uh, just as though they were sitting right there across the, the conference table with you. And then um, I would love for us to bless them in a word of prayer, because I know many people are going to take heart after hearing your story today. Oh, thank you, Linda. Well, I just feel like the best way to kind of get out of the blues, get out of the dumps, is really to reach out and find someone who needs encouragement and cheer. And when you extend it to them, it washes over you as well. You know, sometimes we have our own pity party and, and they're no fun. I mean, there's no refreshments, there's no laughter. <laughs> You know, usually we're by ourselves. That's right. Um, and, and just uh, get out with people. First of all, everybody needs to be surrounded with other believers. We and each other. We uh, encourage one another. We are sisters and brothers in the Lord, and we need to be in community. We need to be involved in a local fellowship. And if anybody's in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and you're not involved in a local fellowship, call me or go to our website. We'd love to offer you several opportunities to be around some other like-minded people that will encourage you. Uh, you know, it's reminded to be in the word. It is impossible to fear when your faith is bolstered. You know, if you're in the word, God's gonna lead you to a scripture that's gonna encourage your heart. If you're just uh, enjoying your own pity party and not getting in the word, uh, you are missing the greatest opportunity to fellowship with God. That's how you fellowship with God. You open his word. You say, Lord, please speak to me. Help mm -hmm. me. Help me uh, be encouraged today. And I am sure he's going to lead you just to the scripture that you need to hear to be encouraged in him. So do not lose heart. Uh, like Linda said, it's time. it's time for you to roar. You need to go out and find someone who doesn't know Jesus Christ and tell them about the difference that he's made in your life. And that will encourage you like nothing else. That's beautiful. I'm excited to see what comes from this. Let's just close with the word of prayer. And before we do that, tell us uh, your website so folks can find out more about Roaring Lambs. Sure, it's uh, Roaring Lambs 
lambs.org. Very simple. Roaring lambs, not lions.org. You know, lions seek, seek to see who they can devour. Lambs seek to see who they can save. Big oh. difference. Roaringlambs.org. Beautiful. Would you like to close us in prayer, Donna? I'd, I'd be glad to. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to speak across the airwaves. Lord, we just tell of you, you draw the listeners. So Lord, if there's someone listening today that does not know you as their Lord and Savior, oh, they may know who Jesus Christ is. There's a lot of people who know about you, but maybe they've never made the commitment to you, Lord Jesus to invite you into their heart, to yield themselves to you and to become a child of God. Lord, I pray that right, right here, right now, they will just say, Lord, I want to know you like Linda and Donna know you. If you just ask, God will provide. And Lord, if there's someone who's suffering from discouragement, depression, Lord, I pray that you encourage them. You let them know there's plenty of time left to do the things that you want them to do. And Lord, we need to be active in this world, not of this world, but in this world to share the love of Christ. So Lord, I just pray for every listener today that they were encouraged in the last 30 minutes or so, and that that will make a difference. They will respond to what they heard today. We give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Linda. OnFire.Global is a movement made of men and women who understand that past plans won't work for the future. We're in a new time and a new place that requires us to fan the flames of vision to a whole new level going all in with God like never before. So fire up your purpose, come find your people, and frame up your plans to set the world ablaze together with me at www.onfire.global.